Today, as we tap into the final Hinane, it's a really kind of big one. So we're looking at Isaiah. Isaiah um, chapter 6 is the first passage um, where we start. And um, that is what most people think when they hear they're going to be reading for Isaiah 6. Um, so... In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high lifted up, and the hem, the stitchings of his robe, filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, which is an angel, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the angels flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he said, behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt, your sin, is taken away and is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then I said, Hineni, here am I, send me. And he said, Go and say this to the people. And um, Isaiah has a really kind of significant moment in his, 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 his ministry and his function as a prophet. Because up until this point, all the previous chapters, um, if you flick through them, have a resounding reoccurring theme and in the verses um, just before that um, in chapter 5 he's just laying down like loads of woes woe to this people woe to that people so as he's looking around at the landscape in the world that he lives in all he can see is woe and I don't know if you've been on social media for the last two days or living in a cave Um, it's the end of the world as we know it Uh, the Brexodus is taking place and we, we are leaving only to probably not leave because now the discussion is, well, yeah, there's a majority in the percentage, but actually in the countries, it's 2-2. You have England and Wales want to leave, but Scotland and Northern Ireland are going to leave. Well, what's the bigger issue? Do we care more about leaving the European Union or breaking up the United Kingdom as the other countries either veto or leave? So there's a much bigger discussion happening. David Cameron has done the smartest thing he could ever do and he's resigned before filing Article 50, which means the next person who comes into his job has to send, submit Article 50, which means as soon as they do that, they duppy their own career as their first action. So the next person that comes in is dead. Um, today, every half an hour for a couple of hours, a different Labour shadow cabinet minister uh, resigned. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn could be gone. Um, we could end up with Boris Johnson, Michael Gove, or George Osborne, um, or Freddy Krueger, because uh, they're all as bad as each other in my book. They're all terrible. So if you listen to all of that, we could be like Isaiah. We could be looking at the political landscape and the landscape in our society. He looked at the way that people behave, their actions, their values, what they live by. And if we looked at this voting system over the last week, we could say the same. We've got some who voted um, in just for financial reasons, so they just want to get more and more money. We had guys voting uh, for racist reasons. We had guys voting for xenophobic reasons. 
uh, to leave. We had others voting to leave for the sensible answer, which is sovereignty, because actually we did that um, whole thing where we were campaigning for, as a church, City Hill, for sanitary um, products, sanitary towels, to have their tax taken away. And um, just before I went to send it, um, I found one bit which I hadn't seen before, which would decide where I sent it. And I realized that actually in the end, our politicians did vote in favor of us removing that tax, only for Europe to be the ones that say, no, you need to keep wow. the tax. So those who voted leave and voted for sovereignty voted for a legitimate reason, because actually we didn't even have, our parliament did not have the power to remove the tax from, from tampons. That's how little actual authority our government had. So there was all different sorts of reasons, but if you look at some of the things that people are saying, some of the graffiti that's gone up um, in the last two days on different Polish businesses and establishments, I knew even before the vote took place, I had known people who'd said to me in conversations that in their workplace, people were already going to different Polish people, bye-bye, you're going home. Um, things like that before any vote was even done you'll be going over to meet sunshine things like that and um, if I, I could sit like Isaiah today and I could go whoa to so many things in this country right now um, that are so messed up I could look at the, the economics uh, um, where like I think 140 billion got knocked off the FTSE 100 um, after uh, leave was was the vote and then I could I could also look look the main leader of the Leave campaign has probably done it for the lols, done it for the vine in Boris Johnson. Um, never had he voiced that he wanted us to leave until he could realised and saw an opportunity to move Cameron out of the way and it be the quickest route to Prime Minister. All of a sudden he's on it, all of a sudden Gove is on it uh, and these other guys who pretty much weren't interested. And then the one good thing that's come out of that though is they have tried to duppy the career of Nigel Farage, who they've said won't be um, involved in it from here on out. Um, who is the guy who's been campaigning for, for yeah. 20 years? That's a real kick in the nuts for, for him, yeah. but I don't care too much. But if I look around the landscape, whoa, whoa. It's just all you hear. And if you go Facebook, my gosh, you just can't get past it. It's like, geez, like you've, it's like the Euros aren't even on at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's hilarious though. Some people are like, will we still be in Eurovision? Well, if Australia's in, I think we will, uh, personally. You know, if Australia gets to take part, I'm pretty sure we'll still be there. Um, some, one woman, I saw a video of a, a girlfriend, a guy filming his girlfriend who said, I'm voting leave because then I won't have to watch the Euros anymore because England won't be in it. Um, that was mind blowing. Uh, like we're not leaving the actual continent, just just the union. And she just unbroken eggs. That was it. And her second reason was she was voting leave because she felt she'd have better eggs from Farmer John, from Farmer John down the road around the corner, who she could have bought from anyway. But you know, nevertheless, we, we move on. So Isaiah looked around and saw woe everywhere, and and that's how he how he saw things. And then in this moment, there's a shift. There's a retrospective one because there's one that kind of looks at himself as well because in this moment where he encounters God in the, in the present tense. So beforehand, he's going about, he's doing ministry, he's doing all this stuff. I'm not saying he hasn't encountered God before, he has encountered God before, but this encounter he has in chapter six changes everything for how he sees the world and how he speaks from here on out and how he ministers. All of a sudden, it's no longer woe looking on the outside at everyone else. He says, woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips among a people who are also unclean. 
but he sees himself in that bracket. Before it was external pointing fingers. And actually so often we can find ourselves in churches among other people who share the same religion, the same beliefs, follow the same Jesus. But sometimes we find people who are just always pointing and they've always got a finger to point at somewhere, at someone, at a system, a way of doing things, a way of seeing things. And they're really good at voicing it, but they're not always as great at voicing the finger back at themselves. And here in this moment when Isaiah encounters God, he has this balance that comes into play where it's no longer just woe is them, it's woe is me. And there's this unique tension that he finds himself in, which is a tension I think we should all find ourselves in. Where as we see the situation we're in, as individuals and as a collective is like, woe as a collective, but woe is me as an individual. When we encounter God in the present, which is exactly what Hinane means. So that's the call of Isaiah. And that is actually the second to last Hinane that takes place in the scriptures. But there's one more Hinane that I want us to encounter today, and it's also in Isaiah. And if we move forward to Isaiah chapter 52. Now this is a vision of some, that someone that Isaiah receives that you can just, you just, it just oozes someone who's like encountered Jesus, encountered the Savior. He sees this, this is the Lord's coming salvation that he starts, he starts prophesying to the people. This is probably one of the most beautiful and um, powerful um, chapters, Isaiah 53 also. But if we start in Isaiah 52, and we're going to start from verse 3. For thus says the Lord, you are sold for nothing, you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord, my people went down at the first into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrians oppressed them for nothing. Now therefore, what have I here, declares the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away for nothing, they're in the dispersion, they're in exile. Their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all day my name is despised. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Henene. Here am I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet who brings good news who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice together and they sing for joy. For eye to eye, they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste men, (laughs) waste places, just wanted to throw that in, of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has barred his holy arm bed his holy arm before the people of all nations and all the earth shall see the salvation of our God depart go out from there touch no unclean thing go out in the midst of her purify yourselves you who bear the vessels of the Lord for you shall not go out in haste you shall not go out in flight for the Lord will go before you the God of Israel will be your rear guard behold my servant shall act wisely he shall be high and lifted up and be exalted as many were astonished at you. His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and from this and and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. 
So he shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told to them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what they heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He who had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's Isaiah in 52. Now, if we go back and we look at this, so there's different ways that the, the rabbis would speak of different scriptures. And this particular part of Isaiah is called um, remez. Um, and it means hint. It's hint. So when they talk about the Messiah and when they look at those passages, they go, God is hinting at something. God is hinting. He's giving a hint to what he's about to do. This is special. You've got to wake up. You've got to pay attention to this. This is God hinting at the mystery, his master plan. He has, and God here in this passage is hinting at the master plan he has with each and every single Hinane that we've covered. With, with Abraham, the Hinane we saw at the sacrifice. We saw that the Lord is the sacrifice. He is the provision that God has for us. With Moses, we saw the Hinane. They said, I will reveal to you my, my name by my nature, by my actions. He revealed himself to be our redeemer. In Samuel, a woman who cannot have a child had one, just like the Virgin Mary. Samuel knew the Lord. And he grew and did not let the word of the Lord drop to the ground. He caught every single one. He lived what God called him to. But in the end, sadly, he didn't. There was a day when he turned astray from the Lord's words. But Jesus never did. He didn't let a single word drop to the ground. He did everything his father said. He lived every single action, every single moment, intentionally surrendered in the present to God. Complete Hinane in every minute. Not, not a second where he wasn't present with God, not a step, not a walk, not an action, not a conversation, not a place that he went. Isaiah wishes, Isaiah hears the call of God. God's saying, I want to send someone who will go for us. And Isaiah wants to step forward and he wants to, he wants to surrender. And so he has this moment of Hanane. But what happens? God atones for his sins. God atones for his sins. And actually, when we look at Isaiah 6 and we hear who will go for us, we could be fooled into thinking that when Isaiah says, here I am, send me, that he is the one who gets sent. But actually, the fact that one comes and takes away his sins points to a bigger situation. Now, for generation after generation, the rabbis were completely baffled by this passage in 52. Because when they looked at it, they said, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up because only men say Hineneh. Only men say Hanane. It's the accurate response you give to the call of God. In the Garden of Eden, where God said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam's response was meant to be Hanane. It wasn't. He hid himself and he said his location, but in a different way. The only response to God is Hanane. And so when you look for all these calls, the Jewish rabbis would look at this passage and they'd go like, this doesn't make any sense. How can God say Hanane? How can God say Hanane to the call of man? This doesn't work. But you see what God was hinting at here, Remez, what he was hinting at 
was he was saying, guess what? I'm going to become a man and I'm going to answer my own call in your place that you couldn't answer. I'm going to be the sacrifice that Abraham looked to. He didn't sacrifice his son. I was the sacrifice. I was the Hinane. That when Moses came and answered, he didn't redeem no one. He didn't bring anyone out of Egypt. I had delivered all people throughout all generations, throughout all time. I'm the Hinane. I'm present. I'm here. And Samuel, who never caught and didn't learn a single word the Lord dropped to the ground, he didn't for a period, but he, he dropped the ball. But Jesus would never drop the ball. That his whole life, he would live a life where he obeyed and fulfilled everything that God had. And then in Isaiah, as he comes and he's sent, who will go for us? He's actually witnessing the conversation where Jesus himself, where the word became flesh. Because if we go back to what it says literally in Isaiah 52, the literal translation comes out, therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day they will know that I am he who speaks. That I am he who speaks. Hinene, here I am. Because when John drops his gospel, John has the same revelation, the same, same wave that Isaiah is carrying on with his bars here. He's realizing that at the very beginning it is God who spoke all things into being. And he says, you're going to realize that I am the one who speaks. And not only am I the one who speaks all things into existence, I'm going to be present as a man. Here I am. Here I am. And in Jesus, we find one who is present. And the beauty of Jesus is, he is present in everything. He's present in everything. He's not just present when things are going well. He's present here and now as our nation is going to pop. While we have nothing to trust in, we have him to trust in, he's present. While our lives crumble sometimes and it feels like our whole world is falling apart and there's no one, he's here now. He's here now. That God would answer Hinane to man, blew the rabbi's mind. But you and I, because you see, he understands and he sympathizes with our situation, as it says in Hebrews. And he ever lives as intercession for us, he ever lives as mediator. There is never a moment where he steps back and says, I'm absent. There's never a moment where he's absent. You can have a dad who's absent. You can have a mom who's absent. You can have a friend who's absent. In that moment, you need them. You can have anyone go missing in your life. But Jesus is always present. It may not shift everything to fall in your lap. It's not like all the cards align. But there will never be a time where his response is not Hinene, fully surrendered to God and to the restoration, the redemption of mankind. He has fully responded and he has never missed a moment and he is never stepping back. And so as we conclude this series, it all ends in one loud resounding crescendo that God says Hinene. When we thought only men say Hinene, God became a man that he could respond and be present in our suffering, in our affliction, in our pain. And God just drops that hint in Isaiah where he would to speak about the Messiah and all that he would do, that everyone would see that he is Saviour, that he is Lord. Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in the day they will know that I am he who speaks. Behold, I am here. He is here now with us as we meet in a bar slash restaurant on Clapham Common. He is here now. He is fully present. What the rabbis would say is they would say there are burning bushes all around us. 
but are we surrendered to the call that God has for us here and now? Every year, I will always hear someone at some point say to me, which I want to end with, they will always say at some point, there'll be one clever person who will say to me, this day could be your last day. Live this day like it's your last. The rabbis didn't back that at all. What they backed was this. They backed this, and I'm going to give the illustration. This step right now is holy and is henene, and is surrendered to God, because I will never be able to have that moment again. Next Sunday I will come, and I can walk this step, but I will be a different man in the same place, but everything will have changed. Nothing will be the same. The idea of living that day like it's your last, it's not. Every single moment is unique. You will never be the same person in that same moment ever again. That is what Hanane is. And that is what God is. And that is what Jesus is. He is fully present in the moment. And for you and I, that is where God calls us to be. And what they would say is they would say the call that God said, Adam, where are you? And Adam is the Hebrew word for man. So yes, it's his name, but it's also just man that God has never stopped asking that question of us. Where are you? Is echoing and resounding throughout all eternity that we could respond appropriately. Instead of like Adam, this is where I am, right here in this bush. This is my geographical location. Here's my GPS coordinates. That's Adam's response. God is looking for you and I to go, I'm here now, present in this moment for you, surrendered to you. Because Hanane isn't just here. It's I don't even know what you're asking. I don't even know what you're gonna call me to do but I'm surrendered to it already. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm Leke, as we we sing, as we go through this song, if you could do, just sing for us that um, here now song again. Um, And we're just going to have a moment where we're just going to allow God to say, do, connect with us, each one as we are. Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for every individual here, regardless of their age. May they know you today. As they play, as they feed, as they do whatever, as all of us are here in this moment, Lord, may they and may we, may all of us together as a collective and as individuals be made aware of your presence. Father, may for those even not with us today, for those who have kids who are at home, I pray, Father, that these children at a young age, maybe even before they are even speaking with words, would have a sense of your presence and to know that you are present in the moment, even as they play with their toys at home, even as they play with their cars. May they this week know you are present. Father, as we get roped into work, as we get overwhelmed by it and we surrender ourselves to the different challenges and tasks we face, may we surrender ourselves to you above them. May we not turn our attention from you, but include you in what we do. May we not remove you from it, but may we be fully surrendered in each and every task, in each and every challenge, in every meal we prepare, in everything that we do, because we will never get any of these moments again, ever but we can live each and every moment by your grace and in your presence, fully empowered to live a life of revolution like Jesus did and as Jesus calls us to. In Jesus' name.
Amen.